Amen. Something always happens when God's people pray. Got this email from Dave and Alita. What a great time Alita and I had at the prayer room early today. I have been praying prior to going to the room for God to do something special. As soon as we walked into the room, I could literally feel God's presence. We both weren't in the room but two minutes when we both started to cry and just be with God. I guess God had prepared our hearts. One of the things we prayed about was our daughter and son-in-law in California that she would get pregnant. They have been trying for almost two years with no luck. Two hours after we left the prayer room, she called from California and said, Surprise! We are pregnant. I always thought it took longer than that, but (laughs) something always happens when God's people pray. Something always happens. Fall on us, Holy Spirit. Fall upon us. Fill us today. A, A group of people amazingly just like us had followed Jesus for three solid years. They had seen and experienced just about everything. They had seen it all. They had had highs and they had had lows. Now it was time for Jesus to ascend back to his Father, to sit at the right hand of his Father, and to intercede for people like you and me. Jesus knew that these people were about to face some very difficult days. In fact, Jesus knew that right around the corner were things more difficult and painful than they had ever experienced as followers of Jesus up to that point. He also knew that they were not quite up to the task because just a few weeks before, they had all buckled under the pressure of persecution and pain. In fact, in John chapter 20, it says on Resurrection Day, on that first Easter, they were cowering behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. Jesus knew that that would not do anymore. There would be no more cowering behind closed doors in fear for His children. Jesus knew that they were in for a tough time. Their circumstances were about to get much more difficult and they needed something more. They needed something to get them through the persecution that was coming their way. They needed something more in order for God to use them to build His church. You know that church I'm talking about. That church in which the gates of hell cannot prevail against it? That's the church. Jesus' time on earth was just about up. His mission was accomplished. He was going back to His Father. Now He knew that those faithful ones that had followed Him for three years needed more. They needed hope. More hope. They needed assurance. They needed all that God had for people that follow Him. They needed to take the next step. God's next step for them in their lives as followers of Christ. 
Jesus knew that it was time for them to move to the next phase, if you will, in their relationship with God. In short, they needed to be filled with the Spirit. Can you say that with me? They needed to be filled with the Spirit. That was God's next step for these people, and it was time. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5 says this. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus knew, oh oh yes, Jesus knew they needed to be filled with the Spirit. Can you say that with me? They needed to be filled with the Spirit. Jesus told them to go to Jerusalem and wait for this incredible gift that He'd been talking about from God. He said, I am leaving, brothers. You go to Jerusalem and wait. They obeyed. They picked themselves up and they went and they put themselves into a room together. To wait. Acts chapter 1 verse 14 tells us that they did more than twiddle their thumbs in that room where they gathered to wait. Verse 14 says they all joined together constantly, constantly, consistently, without ceasing. They all joined together constantly in prayer. They were waiting and they were praying. They were waiting and they were praying. Now, they didn't understand exactly what they were waiting for. They knew it was the gift of God from God. They knew it was the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had talked about it. But they didn't understand what that meant. They didn't know what to expect. They didn't know how it would happen. They didn't know what the result would be in their lives afterwards. But they continued, in spite of all of that, to wait and pray. Well, it turned out to be ten days. They waited and prayed and waited and prayed, and waited, and prayed. You you get the idea. For ten days. And we all know that something always happens when God's people pray. Oh, Oh, it's good to pray alone. Absolutely. It's good to go into that little prayer closet, that special place, and spend quality, special, intimate time with the Lord. Just you and Him. I want to know you. That's beautiful. We have precious times where we humble ourselves before Him alone. But there is something extra special that happens when God's people come together to pray. Corporate praying is is powerful. Body of Christ praying together is powerful. Way back in the first century, God's people The followers of Christ gathered together to wait and pray. Now, obviously, I wasn't there, but I can just imagine. I can just imagine that with each passing day, the room must have gotten more electric with each passing day. Or at least they could sense a, a, a building, a something growing into something very significant. They prayed. 
and they waited. They prayed, and they waited. And it just kept building and building. For 10 days, they waited, and they prayed. And we all know that something always happens when God's people pray. On the 10th day, God's plan, God's next step for those faithful ones that had, that had followed Jesus for three years came about. After ten days of waiting and praying, it unfolded in a powerful way. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together. Get that. They were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They needed to be filled with the Spirit. Say that with me. They needed to be filled with the Spirit. And in verse 4, here in chapter 2, it says all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. It was God's plan all along. It was His next step for those who had faithfully followed Christ for three years. See, Jesus knew that they would need more. There could be, again, no more cowering behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. There could be no more fear. They were supposed to build a church. Peter could not deny Christ anymore if things got a little dicey. He was to be the rock upon which the church was to be built. They needed more. Well, what was to happen? What did they need? They needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you say that with me? They needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, after praying for ten days, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2 verse 14 says, Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Peter stood in front of the crowd, some of whom were the people that shouted, crucify him, crucify him for Jesus, some of whom probably were standing around when Peter denied Christ three times. Those were the people and others in the crowd. And Peter stood up before them with the eleven at his side, and he preached a powerful, in-your-face Pentecost sermon. No more cowering. No more fear but loudly proclaiming Jesus Christ crucified, dead, buried, raised from the dead. The gospel right before their eyes. What happened? Why the dramatic change? Well, simply this. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. It was God's next step for them. Then and only then, were they ready to be used by God to build that church in which the gates of hell would not prevail against it? Now, they were truly more than conquerors. Now, they were ready to take their world by storm 
And that's what they did. What a dramatic change. Simply because they had been filled with the Spirit. Simply, powerfully because they had been filled with the Spirit. And you know what happened? That became the qualifier for them. (laughs) The litmus test, if you will, for involvement, for leadership in the church. They were going to choose a leader. Now, is the person filled with the Spirit? That would be the litmus test, the qualifier. That is what the requirement was, to be a leader in the church. You know, the church in which the gates of hell could not prevail against it. That church is what they were trying to build. God was building through them. There's an example of that in Acts chapter 6. Things were going along pretty well. They were growing. The church was growing. People were coming to know the Lord. And all of a sudden, there was some complaining in the church because some widows were not being cared for. Now, I don't understand that. There isn't any complaining in the church today. But back there, apparently there was. So they got to the place where these Grecian Jew widows were not being cared for. And so the complaints came to the disciples, and what were they to do? They got the people around, and they said, let's get somebody else to deal with it. Let's get some lay people to come alongside of us and work and help these Grecian Jew um, uh, orphans and widows and care for them. And listen to what it says in chapter 6 of Acts, verse 3. Brothers... Choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them. It became the norm. It became what was expected to happen because they understood it to be God's plan. His Next step, if you will, for certain people along the road as they get to the point in their development with their relationship with Christ, the next step for them is to be filled with the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, if you have not been filled with the Spirit, you still need God to do a work of grace in your life. Part of God's journey for people that He is calling His own is that we get to the place where we need to be filled with the Spirit. Jesus knew they needed more. Why? Because of what, among other things, what they were about to face. He knew that they weren't strong enough to face what was before them. They needed to be filled with the Spirit because it's not by might, it's not by power, it's by my Spirit, says the Lord. So we, we, we go forward as a church. We go forward as followers of Christ. We are more than conquerors. We are powerful in His name because we are filled with His Spirit. Now when we try to do it on our own, it's not by might. When we try to do it by our own power, no, it's not by that. It's by His Spirit. So it's part of God's plan that you and I are filled with the Spirit. As I was going through this this past week, 
a question came to my mind. Could it happen again? Could it? Could could God do the same thing again? Pour out His Spirit in a powerful way? I mean, why not? Same God. Similar people. They prayed for ten days. We have prayed for ten days. So with all my heart, here's my answer to that. Could it happen again? Here's my answer. Not only could it happen, it must happen if you and I are to be the church as God defines it. It's His next step. Could it happen? It must happen. I need to be filled with the Spirit. Say that one with me. I need to be filled with the Spirit. Connecting global day of prayer with the day of Pentecost is ingenious. They waited and prayed. We wait and we pray. They sought God earnestly with all of their hearts. We seek God with all of our heart. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Some of us have been scared off from being filled with the Spirit because, man, I don't know that I want to do it like they do. Or I don't know that, I don't want to be part of it if it's like that. You see, Satan has used that argument in our tradition for years to keep us from moving to the next step of God's plan. You see, they didn't understand what they were praying for. Jesus just said, go wait and pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit. They didn't understand what it looked like. They didn't know what what the result would be. We don't either, necessarily. That's not the issue. The issue is to seek God with all of our hearts and leave the details to the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill this place. Fill each heart. Cleanse away the filth and the sin. Come, Holy Spirit. Make us whiter than snow on this day of Pentecost. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Will you seek Him in the remaining moments that we have together this morning? Will you seek Him? Will you ask Him to fill you, whatever that means? Would you do that with me? Whether it's there where you sit or here as we come and kneel at the altar. Come Holy Spirit. Father, you have been with us these past ten days. You have poured your Spirit into our prayer room. Your warm presence was there. Would you fill each heart today? We have prayed and waited. Would you fill us today? Come, Holy Spirit. Come. We wait. And we pray. We wait. And we pray. This is my prayer. This is my prayer. Holy Spirit, breathe on me.
until my heart is clean. Let sunshine fill its inmost part with not a cloud between. Here it is, here it is. Breathe on me, breathe on me, Holy Spirit, breathe on me, take thou my heart, every part Holy Spirit breathe on me Holy Spirit breathe on me till I am all thine own until my will is lost in thine to live for thee alone this is it Lord this is it please breathe on me, breathe on me, Holy Spirit, breathe on me, take thou my heart and cleanse every part. Holy Spirit, breathe on me. Father, that's my prayer. May it be all of our prayers, Lord. Whatever it means, whatever it looks like from you, O Lord, Fill us, fill us, Lord, to overflowing as we seek you. Let's stand together. As Pastor Edgar leads us, seek him where you are or here on your knees. Let's sing together.